Howdy, folks, and welcome to Pear Talks Prun, a prosperous universe podcast aimed at delivering you a little bit of entertainment, knowledge, and insight into the happenings of prosperous universe. I'm your host, Pear, and today we got quite the spicy episode for you today. Today, we're going to start once again out with a segment I like to call the weather report. So, with this weather report, it's going to be a little bit different um, because we're actually going to, it's kind of two birds, one stone scenario here, whereby we're actually going to be chatting about what pretty much everybody in the discords and in the water cooler discord is chatting about, and that is what the actual heck is happening with water. And I don't mean drinking water, I mean H2O. You know, it's no secret for those that have been paying close attention to the market that essentially, for lack of a better term, the the market for water has just absolutely collapsed. And why is that? Uh, You know, I can't really say that there's like, this is the reason why or this is the reason why it's not happening. But as the charts will show you, this these last few days have just been wild in terms of water. Um, Like if we look at the IC1 uh, water market, for instance, typically water goes for about $20 a unit. Just like yesterday, it was going for about $45 a unit. So just just almost 100% margin on that. If you look at the chart for the CI1 market, the same thing where mar- the water is going up, up, up. And it's quite insane, really, because the thing is, it's not just an isolated scenario. If we take a look at like something like fuel, for instance, like like slower than light fuel, it was kind of an isolated scenario, and well, it still is, where fuel market's crashing and we're seeing all these producers of fuel just simply, you know, oversupplying the market and all these demand uh, these demand orders getting fulfilled, but at quite a low price, right? And actually, the fuel market right now <clears throat> is, to, is still sitting fairly low, although we are seeing a bit of resistance. It's kind of hanging at that $8 mark right now, and... I don't know. I, I could see it going lower. I could also see it go higher. Um, but really, I think it will go lower um, as a lot of producers are shipping their fuel to other markets. Eventually, those markets will even out and then it won't become cost effective to ship to other markets. Right. When that happens, the CI1 market will lower in price again. So we're probably going to see that in the near future, most likely. But back to water here, um, you know, one thing that I, I don't track H2O in general, that's not something I track on a historical basis, but one thing I do track is I actually do track three resources in particular that are sort of controlled and monitored and are affected by the water prices, and that being carbon, drinking water, and rations. Um, so if we take a look, let's start at rations for the first one. Well, and this is going to be kind of a trend you're going to see across the board, but essentially demand... Uh, I would say it would have been at the end of August here. So at the end of August, all of a sudden, demand just went through the moon for for rations. So demand went through the moon. And larger part where I could see that, uh, just taking a look at the other kind of market-centric trend lines here, there's not really one spot in particular that I would say that all of a sudden the demand shot up from. I would say that it just kind of shot it maybe from the IC1 market. We might have seen a quick shoot up, but then we've also seen um, we've also seen uh, it come down uh, as of late. So it's starting to come down. But what that's caused is it's caused 
supply not to come even close to the demand of uh, rations. So rations right now for the demand is sitting at about, uh, we're looking at about 100,000 units demanded on the galactic market right now. And the supply is about 75,000. There's about a deficit of about 25,000 units of rations on the market right now. And what has that done? Well, it's done the classic economic principle in the sense that we are seeing a slow, it's not like it's not as significant, but it is a slow, gradual increase in the price of rations. Rations around the 26th of August was sitting at about $75 a unit. Um, now they're going for about, give or take, uh, if I had it, I'm kind of guesstimating here. Uh, my chart doesn't give me exact precise preciseness on this, but I'm going to say it's about $78 or $79. And that price is continuing to rise. So we're seeing this. The demand for rations is increasing quite significantly while the supply has actually been falling, weirdly enough. And that that can be supply. Supply, when I say supply, it doesn't mean all of a sudden that people are stopping producing. It simply means that there's a lot of demand orders that are meeting the supply orders, right? So there's these kind of two, there's this friction happening whereby the supply orders are being met by the increase in demand. Doesn't mean that all of a sudden the, the supply of rations is going under, right? Now that it could be the case, that's that's kind of the interesting thing about these models is that I don't necessarily see, uh, you know, I don't see volume supplied or I don't see volume demanded necessarily. I do see it in the sense of what numbers are showing up on the market. So like I can see the total amount of supply and I can see the total amount of demanded, but I can't see it on an individual producer's basis. So I can't see if producers are exiting or entering the market necessarily. We can just make broad strokes guesses. In this case, I would say with the increase in demand of rations, obviously that probably hasn't played a huge part in these this massive H2O crash essentially. Where this H2O crash happened or yeah, I guess it's a crash really. Maybe not even a crash, but essentially the market was sort of there was a ping in the market. Let's go that direction. Um it, it probably had to dealing with like so all these markets show, like these charts show that it wasn't just one player involved. Now it could have been just one player, could have been one player just kind of like he saw that this scenario where there was not a lot of supply resistance. And so remember when I talked about supply resistance, where there's just not a lot of supply and all of a sudden you buy a hundred units and the price goes up 20 bucks kind of thing. Right. And so there could have been a scenario where he saw that there wasn't a lot of supply resistance and he bought, but I mean, yeah, it is quite wild. Like if you take a look at the H2O markets right now, every single market almost that's in the, like, so the CI1 space, NC1, CI1, IC1, like all these markets essentially have been driven up. The only one that really hasn't been is in the NC1 market. That's kind of stayed stable. But um, we saw some screenshots in the water cooler discord the other day, yesterday actually, whereby, oh, I'll bring it up right now. Uh, what was it? It was the IC1 market. IC1 H2O all of a sudden had zero supply for it. Um, that recently has it. So that would have been as of yesterday that that happened. That was at about 1020 uh, last night. Um, but that has been fixed as of late. Um, but it's still pretty expensive. We're looking at about $35 a unit for water. Um, now taking a look at the drinking water. Uh, supply and demand. Um, it, it's actually quite wild. What I track is also the supply based on the markets. And there's just an 
absolutely amazing amount of drinking water being supplied on the AI1 market compared to all the other markets combined. So, like, putting in perspective, the AI1 market right now sits at a supply of about 75,000 units of drinking water supplied, while most of the markets sit at about 25,000 units. So that's a difference of about 50,000 units of drinking water uh, supplied. Now, what could be the reason behind that? I honestly don't really know. Um, taking a look at taking a look at the map here and taking a look at Antar space, like we if we dive into Antar space here, some of the planets that might contribute to that, Phobos in particular might contribute to that, um, being kind of a water planet itself, having a little bit of water. Um, we also have no, there's nothing there that would strike me as odd. Um, like one planet in particular that we use, actually, our corporation uses is Harmonia. So Harmonia has quite a bit of water. Uh, Demios has some water, but that's used mainly for aluminum, not really, not really anything else. So it's interesting to just to see that there is a lot of water, drinking water being produced in the Antar system. Um, now, talking about the galactic supply and the galactic demand, same thing is happening here where the supply is simply lower than the demand. And this is causing, you've probably already guessed it, uh, I would say an even more gradual increase in the uh, price of water. So, or yeah, drinking water, I should be more specific here. So really, what can we say from this? Well, we can say that there's a lot of demand happening for these tier, these basic tier one consumables. And if drinking water continues to rise in price, there might be a scenario down the road where people... Now, the problem is not so much... It's not so much a problem necessarily as more of a reality whereby, you know, I was told the other day, and this is kind of an interesting factoid for you, but your buildings whether or not they're producing anything, degrade over time. So it just makes sense to keep your buildings running, even if the profit they're making is like 600 bucks kind of thing, right? It just makes sense to at least have that opportunity cost over opportunity loss kind of thing, right? So um, taking a look at something like the water prices, what is that going to do for the drinking water and rations market? I wouldn't say a lot, Um why I think these ration markets and why I think these the think these drinking water markets are increasing in um, price and increasing in demand versus supply is simply because the steam wave, so steam wave being one for sure, but I think, yeah, just players in general, as you move on to the mid game to the late game kind of thing. So I would say mid game is where you start consuming rations and drinking water in a more rapid scale. So when you start up the game, you might buy like 100 rations and that lasts you like 20 days kind of thing, right? Or 10 days or however long. But you know, when I'm consuming rations, when I'm going out for my orders, I'm buying like 400, 500 rations at a time. And that'll that'll keep me for about a week. So I'm consuming about 500 rations a week, right? So my burn rate is 500 rations, but I'm producing tons of profit and all this jazz, right? So, but that's still a lot of rations, right? And so what's happening, especially when we see these de decrease in the supply, is that there's a lot of these kind of quick demands. Quick, So it's like, okay, what's the price of rations? This much? Okay, cool, I'll buy kind of thing, right? And that's why we're seeing a gradual increase in the price of rations and increase in the price of, of drinking water, right? Um, if the trend continues, we could probably see drinking water, especially seeing drinking water rations, not so much rations. I could see kind of gradually hit this point. But I could see drinking water go from, right now it's about, like it was 
it was at the just like so August 26 it was sitting at about $60 a unit and we could see it go to about $80 a unit if the trend continues by mid September so mid September we could see drinking water going for about $80 a unit um and that's just if the trend continues right um so to back to the conversation about H2O why why did the, all this stuff happen if, if anybody knows, if anybody's listening to this podcast and anybody was like, oh, I know exactly what happened here, I'd love to get your take on to what happened here, sit down and have an interview with you because this is just fascinating how it's not just one player. I, I don't think it is. Maybe it's just a, like an assortment of players. Maybe it's a corporation that decided to do this. But like all the markets, except NC1, were affected. So IC1, CI1, AI1. All these markets all of a sudden just pinged up the price of water quite significantly, right? And so we saw this huge spike in water. And the thing is, is I've kind of said to new players, especially, you know, I've kind of said to new players over time that it's like, yeah, don't don't produce water. And I know you may be like, well, if nobody produces water, then water will, you know, then we're going to have this scenario, right? And yes, I understand that. But there's a lot, I would say that water in my opinion, is a waste byproduct, okay? So if you're like a carbon farmer, um, if you're a ration, actually, if you're a rations producer, like if you strictly produce rations and if you strictly produce carbon, I would say that your rigs are probably producing, I, I would beg to guess your rigs are pr- producing probably more water than need be, right? Um, so that that would be a big thing. Now, if you're producing drinking water, you're consuming way more water than you'd ever produce, right? So there, there's that. But yeah, it's sort of a waste byproduct. So carbon carbon farmers, uh, rations producers, they produce more water than they need. So they put it back on the market, right? So that's why I've always kind of said that, yeah, but let's go with this scenario. Let's say they had a rations producer all of a sudden go into carbon farming. Well, then they're going to use that excess water to pump out their carbon, right? So there's a scenario right there. Um, yeah. And so it is interesting what's happening with the water market. It seems to have died down as of yesterday. Now, I saw that, like I said, in the water cooler discord, we put, put pinged that, um, you know, there was no more H2O in the IC1 market, which is insane. Because think about it like this. If there was no more water, like it, if, if literally nobody was supplying H2O, that means rations producers couldn't produce their rations. Now, usually they have a surplus. Usually there's a surplus. They could wait a few days and, and see what happens. But if this continued on for like a week or two weeks, rations would go through the moon. Drinking water would go through the moon. Um, carbon, I don't think carbon would be affected that much. That's why I actually don't bring up carbon. I actually do have the, the charts here for carbon. Uh, the supply for carbon is not even close to meeting the demand for carbon. The, the demand for carbon is going is skyrocketing. Um, and, and we're seeing a gradual increase in the price of carbon, but it's, it's nothing to really write home about, which is kind of funny because that's kind of the interesting thing about, about this game is that there's a lot of people that don't have these charts in front of them. And so if I had my, if I had this chart in front of me, I was like, oh, wow, there's like huge spike in demand of, of carbon and the supply's not really changing. I might increase my prices on carbon, right? But this is a, this is a free market. People can make the decisions on their own. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's kind of interesting to see what's happening with water. We'll we'll definitely keep everybody in the loop and see what happens in the near future in a couple of weeks and see if if this trend continues. Um, I know, like when we go back to like talking about the hydrogen market, particularly, I actually started tracking hydrogen. I don't have those charts up in front of me right now, but you know, hydrogen's doing fairly well for itself once again. So the supply all of a sudden was met again. We have about six thousand units currently being supplied on the CI1 market for hydrogen. 
Um, so it's it's doing fairly well. Lots, lots of hydrogen suppliers have been supplying hydrogen onto the market, which is nice to see. So yeah, that's that. Um, that's the weather report. I know I've kind of focused on water and all this jazz, but like I said, I hope to focus on a different profession every single time that I ta- talk on an episode and just some insights into what's going on with this market. Uh, the next segment that we're going to hop into, and I already kind of mentioned this, but this is the water cooler. So if you got a topic of discussion, um, we have a discord dedicated to this podcast. It's called the uh, pair talks prun podcast discord. You're more than welcome to join. And I have a, I have a channel in there called the water cooler. And this is really the opportunity that people can let loose. So if they, if you have a unpopular opinion, popular opinion, if you want to debate me on a subject that I talk about, this is the place to do it. I'd love to discuss and figure figure things out and, and just, you know, have a good discord, right? Um, and so one of the things that we kind of chatted about especially was the water prices and what's going on with water and, and all this jazz. So I won't, I won't harp on that subject much more, um, but it is, fair, it is fairly, fairly interesting. Um, today, though, actually, we're going to change it up a little bit. Um, so around the water cooler subject today, it isn't going to be something from the Discord, although, like I said, we chatted about water quite significantly. But I want to talk a little bit about the start of the game, the, the beginning game. Um, you know, so for those that don't know, and I haven't really broadcasted it on my videos, so this is probably the only place that you're ever going to hear me talk about it. But for those that don't know, actually, I have been contracted i guess i I didn't write i didn't sign a contract but i guess that's the best word to describe it um to actually rewrite the video tutorials for the game so for prosperous universe so the devs contacted me so nick uh who's the marketing manager for prosperous universe contacted me oh a few months ago and he kind of said yeah hey cpair would you be willing to write the tutorial series for this game and I was, yeah, I was like, sure, that sounds great. It sounds fantastic. So that is actually what I've been doing over the course of a few months now is just kind of figuring out, you know, what what does the start of this game look like for new players? And I actually got the chance to, um, with the dev's permission, of course, uh, sit down and actually make another account that I used as like a tutorial account. So I, this account is the one that I would use to film uh, film videos. And of course I got the devs permission to do this. Um, so I'd use this account to film the videos that we needed to show people the various things and components of this game. An interesting thing that I got right off the hop was definitely that there is a lot of information kind of given to the player right off the hop. And, and, you know, there's that saying that it's like, you know, too much of a good thing might become a bad thing. Right. And so you got a lot of information right at the start of the game and is it a good thing? Or is it a bad thing? I think the big thing that we kind of touched on was, you know, when we're talking about the various starts, for instance, we got like the manufacturer start and we chatted a lot about the manufacturer start actually and how, you know, it's sort of an open-ended start. And, you know, for me being, being like, if I played like a sci-fi RPG game, I kind of want a sandbox start. I really do want that start. That's not like, I don't want any guide rails. Like I just want to kind of figure it out on my own. Like I'm kind of that guy. Right. But for somebody coming into the game, that's not that way. That's, that's not like me. 
that might be quite daunting, right? That might be a very daunting experience for somebody to be like, oh, like I picked the manufacturer start because like I really want this open-ended start and all this jazz. And so, you know, it's been great just having a chat with the devs about, and they, they listen so well and so, so much to the community. And one of the big things that we chatted about was changing up the manufacturer start. And that actually was on the latest um, dev blog that they chatted about, Fabian chatted about, that they're going to be changing up the manufacturer start, which is fantastic. So one of the big things that I found right at the start of my kind of, you know, starting to write these scripts, starting to write this story, this narrative behind the tutorials, like, what do I want? What is the journey I want to take people through? And like, what is what is the start? What's the middle? And what's the end? Like, where where do I want players to go, right? And one of the big ones was that, you know, and I, I told Nick this story as well, but, you know, I was walking through the mall, uh, local mall one day, and I stumbled upon this um, retail space that they've turned into sort of like a meeting, like a rental space that like, like, so like you could, if you had like a board game group, for instance, you could rent out the space in the mall and turn it into like this meeting place, right? And so without fail, there's these guys that I think it was like, it's usually Sunday because it's usually when I pick up my groceries. But Sunday that these guys that play Warhammer show up at this rental space and you see them playing Warhammer, right? And they're just, and they're like middle-aged, like very nerdy individuals. And it just, you know, it's, it's my type of people, right? (laughs) And um, yeah, they're always playing Warhammer and it's, and it's a lot of fun and they, they just seem to be having a lot of fun. And then, you know, I also saw that one time there was, they, they, the space was taken up by this, uh, like open door society, which is like, it's a group of, it's like a nonprofit that helps immigrants, uh, settle into Canada. Right. And so I started thinking about how that we should treat new players within the game itself. Right. And that you definitely will have those players that are quite nerdy, quite like really, really passionate about this game and really want to know every single intricate little min-max component. And if you don't tell them that, you'll frustrate them, right? In the same stroke, though, you don't want to give the new player that just wants to kind of like get settled and get started a whole ton of information, right? And so that's actually why I built the three starts. So when the new tutorial series comes out, you're going to see three starts. So there's the normal regular start. We call it the comprehensive beginning. Uh, so you have the comprehensive beginning, you have the express setup, and then you have the hyper express setup. And you probably guess what each one is about, but it really is what I took was I took the comprehensive setup guide. and I was like, okay, so this is the comprehensive one. So this is the one that is going to be everybody's going to like listen to and understand the game as as fully as possible. And even then, it's not as long winded as maybe I should make it out to be. Um, I I did try to keep it as brief and concise as possible. Definitely, there will be things that you will have to discover over time. That's just the nature of the beast. It's it's not a game that's like you're going to understand everything in the first 20 minutes, right? And so what I did was I took the comprehensive start and then I boiled it down even further to the express and then boiled it down even further to the hyper express. So I think the express takes it down to about 75% of the comprehensive and then the hyper express takes it down to about 50% of the comprehensive. So 25% little brackets every time, just shortening the videos, getting to the point a little bit quicker. A lot of kind of, it's the, the hyper express startup for one is a lot more kind of like instruction based. It's not so much conversational based. Like, so it's not me, talking about the start it's me just do this do this do this do this kind of thing right 
So that was kind of the first thing that we we discussed when talking about the tutorial series was sort of being like, okay, so there's these three starts and this is kind of going to boil down. The next thing that I definitely focused on was our our initial kind of concept and, and what we wanted to do was we wanted to kind of say, and Nick came to me and said, we want to just remake the tutorials, right? And it was like, we want to remake these tutorials and that's it. But if you look at the tutorials and I'll just kind of pull up the transmissions right now, TRA, and show you. You know, so we got transmission zero, which is kind of like your, you know, what do you do in this game? How do you make money in this game? Like, what are some of the systems to make money in this game, right? And then you got the apex interface, great. And then package faction planet. The thing is, is one of the things that I beat my head against this brick wall on was the fact that the order needed to be very specific. The order needed to be something that made sense to the new player, right? Because if you, so a lot of players that have been playing this game and probably listen to this podcast, you've probably forgotten how the intro goes. You probably like, I just, it was a blur. It was a blur of 20 days where I I saw nothing but spreadsheets. Um, The intro is very much like, okay, here's like the early access disclaimer. And then it goes into pick your profession, right? And then pick your faction, right? So to have... Transmission zero, which is like what you're going to do, like how you're going to make money. And then Apex interface is like the interface and then package faction planet. Well, no, it actually goes profession, then faction, and then everything in between, right? So what we did was we actually rewrote. And so we actually took away the per that kind of component and said, okay, so the factions and the professions are actually going to be text-based. So they're not going to be videos. They're going to be text-based. And that might change. I don't know. might change. We might make videos about them later. But these are going to be specifically faction or profession, like text-based, sorry. And so each one, though, like, so one of the professions, so one of the professions, it'll be like, all right, and this is the manufacturer start. And it gives you, and like, you're going to pick this faction, you're going to pick this faction because it gives you the manufacturing bonus or whatever, right? So you're going to pick this faction. It's going to give you the manufacturing bonus. And it's also going to give you these things, right? It's going to give you these things. And that's these are the things you're going to use. Now, after that, and actually I can pull up the flow chart that we kind of, I kind of built about the tutorial series. Um, after that, it kind of goes into the, uh, your first video is kind of your orientation to the galaxy. That's what I called it, the orientation to the galaxy. And this one is kind of a hybrid blend of Transmission Zero. It really is is actually very similar to my very first, very first video I ever created about this game, where it's kind of like, it's really about the orientation of the galaxy. So like, where are the various space stations? Where are the various markets? Where are the various factions? Like, just kind of, what does this map look like, right? That's kind of a, that's kind of a big thing, right? And then the next one is the comprehensive orientation to your first base. And this is where we really settle into, this is kind of a blend of like the apex interface uh, slash your planet slash base setup. So it kind of gets you orientated. But then actually after that, because funny enough, it's actually a funny story. It, It used to go orientation to the galaxy. And then I actually have profession specific setups for each profession. So I have a particular one. I have a fuel engineer one, carbon farmer one. So I actually had those videos. But what happened was I wrote this intro for each one. I was like, all right, this is the intro. This is what you got to do. And I realized, I was like, you know what? This intro is very similar to every single profession. So that's what I did was I actually split the videos. So I was like, okay, so we're going to do orientation 
to your first base. So that's going to be kind of like your apex interface startup, you know, splitting screens, things like that. And then the professions, right? Then, and why we're doing profession specific is because definitely I felt that, you know, you get into the game and it's not maybe abundantly clear what you do as a carbon farmer, right? Like, okay, it's on the tin. You farm carbon, right? But how do you do that necessarily? And so guiding people step by step along that way. Now, funny enough, actually, and this is a little bit, uh, you're only going to hear this in the podcast. Funny enough, each one of these starts is extremely similar to itself. I literally was able to copy and paste every single script into itself and then just like essentially changed about five or six paragraphs in the, in each one to kind of just specify what, what each one is like, right? Then after that, you got your regular base upkeep and trade guide. And this one's kind of the trading contracts, production. So this kind of gets you orientated to, you know, what is the base upkeep? So what is your drinking water? What is your rations? What are these kind of components, right? And then, and then once you kind of get settled, so you could stop right there. You could stop and say, that's it. I'm done. I got the tutorials done. I'm off to the game. I'm, I'm off to the races, right? But then after that, we do a video about the licenses and just kind of shed some light because there probably is a lot of questions. They're like, well, what does the license get me about this and that? And what is the basic license and this and that, right? So then the next video is the licenses. And that one actually hasn't been written yet. Uh, currently still working on that one. So that one's going to be the next one talking about the licenses. And then we go into an advanced apex interface and navigation guide. So this one is large in part going to be about just advanced commands. So, you know, material CXM and CXL and like all these commands that, that people use on the daily basis, right? So very kind of advanced style with regards to the Apex interface. But I kind of expect people to stop after the regular base upkeep and trade guide. After that, I kind of am expecting people to fall off a little bit because you really could start the game after that point. But then if you keep on going, you get into these other ones. Now, the the kind of the interesting thing that we sort of chatted about, especially was that there isn't any video, there isn't any video guides really after that, which is kind of interesting because then you go into like, for instance, transmission seven is commands, transmission eight, space flight, nine is the foreign exchange, and then 10 planetary projects. You're like, whoa, you, like you kind of skipped, a, you skipped day zero to day a million <laughs> right there right and so what we do further then is we talk about the mid game right so after the advanced start after your advanced interface navigation guide we're going to talk about corporations and your second base so this is kind of where it's like okay you're enjoying the game great now let's talk about corporations and your second base but especially with the corporations part they have that knowledge about the licenses so they can understand that if you want to join a corporation and participate in a corporation, you do definitely need to get a pro license, right? And then after that is kind of the end game, which I've titled the space, your space empire. So this is going to branch off into three project, three videos, which will be like population upkeep. So this is about the various kind of planetary projects and things like that. And then just governing a planet, right? So what are you, what are those kind of components that you're looking for? And so definitely that right there is something that I'm not familiar with. And I'm hoping the devs definitely will be able to help me obviously with that. But, you know, definitely I will be probably reaching out to some governors to find out more about, you know, what does this look like, right? What is, what does this government, governing system look like? And how, like, what is this aspirational content that people have to look forward to, right? 
And so, yeah, that's really it in a nutshell. So for those wondering if those are interested, if you're interested in hearing more about the tutorials, definitely uh, hit me up on the Discord and I can talk in length about what we're kind of working on. Um, when you'll probably see these tutorials, that's a TBD. I have no real clue. We have some timelines in the back of our heads as to when tutorials are kind of going to be done and finished. But really, it's up to the devs. It's up to, yeah. There's there's so many factors that to put a to put stamp a date on it and be like, yes, this is when we're getting the tutorials written in up. Yeah, that, that would be unrealistic. So they will get up when they get up. Soon, TM. <laughs> I've always wanted to say that. Any of you guys, that pretty much sums up the podcast for today. Kind of talked a little bit about the various tutorial, what's going on with that, what's going on with the water market, some fun stuff with that. Um, if you do want to engage me, if you have a question, if you have a comment, if you have a discussion point to bring up, definitely hit uh, head to the Pair Talks Prun podcast Discord. Uh, I will have a link for it in the RSS feed, and you can uh, you can interact with me with me there. Otherwise, guys, thanks very much for the time, and uh, look forward to the next one. Catch you around.